King of glory, we worship your holy name. We magnify you. We exalt you. You are an awesome God. You are the everlasting Father. The ancient of days, the lion of the tribe of Judah, we adore you. Daddy, accept our worship in Jesus' name. Amen. King of glory, we thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your compassion, for your grace, for your provision, for your sustenance, for your protection. We give your glory. Daddy, accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Almighty Father, we are here today to meet with you, not with any man. Lord, speak to us. Touch us like never before. Meet us at our point of need. Let your name be glorified. For in Jesus' mighty name, I will pray. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Shout a bigger hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Have your seat. I'm not sure maybe before the end of this message, I might need a choir back here to sing this song, the worship song, the, the second to the last. Amen. Amen. This morning, we'll be sharing together a topic, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. If you have your Bible with you, I would like you to open to the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. We'll read from verse 5 to 8. Proverbs chapter 3. From verse 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy path. Verse 7. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy noble and marrow to thy bones. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. We are encouraged to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. In other words, you are not allowed to trust in the Lord with part of your heart. It has to be with all your heart. But it appears to me as if there is a major problem that can hinder us from trusting in the Lord. And that is our own understanding. Because the Bible is saying, trust in the Lord with all thy hand, with all thy heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In other words, our understanding could be in the way of us trusting in the Lord. But God is saying, for you to trust in me with your whole heart, you can't afford to lean in your own understanding. That song that I was talking about says, 
talks about the benefit of the Almighty God. That the Lord God Almighty is so good. He said that in heaven he is the Lord. That on earth is the king of kings. He said in battle is the mighty warrior. So the question is that why won't you want to trust on a God like that? In heaven. He is the Lord. Being the Lord of heaven means that he is the one in charge of the entire heaven. Being the king of kings on earth, which is where we are right now, it simply means that he can take care of every single thing that surrounds you. He went further because he knew that, yes, we face battle, but he said he's the mighty warrior. So if all those things are in place, why won't you trust him? So the Lord is encouraging you to trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean in your own understanding. I'll start with the issue of battles. Because I'm facing some battles. I don't know about you. But when you have a God... Who is mighty in battle? Why won't you trust on him regarding your own battle? I'll tell you a little bit about this God, this mighty warrior that we are talking about. Because when he says he's the Lord of heavens, it means that he can control things from heaven. In other words, when you are talking about the air force, he is the best. Because sometimes we face so much battle here, if only we can have somebody from hope to help us, things will be better. And we do have it. We just only, all we need is trust in it. When you cite the scripture, you will see that there are instances whereby there are battles. And the Bible recorded that God from heaven rained hailstone. And the Bible says the people that die as a result of those stones falling from heaven are much more than the people that die based on the physical combat on earth. Wouldn't it be nice in your battle to just fold your hands and allow the Lord of heaven to rain hailstones on those who are fighting against you? There was a time that the battle was going up between the children of God and their enemies. And the Bible recorded that trees begin to cut the enemies of God. The Bible recorded again that the people that died from the attack of the trees were much more than the people that died based on physical combat. Why won't you want to trust in this kind of God? This is a God that can use anything at all to give you victory. Because he's the mighty warrior. <laughs> we talk about him fighting from heaven, right? As the Air Force. We've talked about him fighting on the land, using trees on the land to fight. How about the sea? Will you remember the story of Pharaoh and their host? 
He allowed his own children to go through the sea. And he drowned the host of Pharaoh. So where will they take your battle? That the almighty God we serve cannot fight your battle. So why won't you trust in a God like this? Another amazing thing about this mighty warrior we're talking about. There was a king that was threatened by a powerful king. And this king has compromised a lot. He said, you know, well, I'll give you anything you want. Say, okay, I need your money. He said, yeah, I'll give it to you. I want gold, silver. I said, yes, come in. Take all the gold and silver. And this king will not be satisfied. He said, well, I want your wife. I want your kids. I want everybody. So, oh, this is too much. Then he decided at that point to cry unto God. What did God do? God just allowed one angel, one single angel, he killed 185,000 soldiers in the camp of the enemy overnight. They wake up, people, men were slain, dead. The king in shame left and returned. I mean, when you lose 185,000 soldiers overnight without any physical battle, that's the God you serve. So what is that challenge facing you? What is that battle you are that is confronting you, that you cannot trust on him. Trust in him, because he can do it. But why, why has he not been doing it? Why? Yes, we face all this battle. We have this mighty God. He is the Lord of heaven. He, he has everything. But why has he not responded? He said, he upheld his word more than his name. His word said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean in your own understanding. What does that mean? It simply means as long as you don't trust in him wholeheartedly, he folds his hands. Well, if your understanding can do it, go right ahead. So he folds his hands waiting for you. What is he waiting for? To surrender all. To trust in him and say, Lord, I trust in you. I'm not leaning on my own understanding. Then he will go into play. But as long as we keep doing it in our own way, with our own wisdom, he folds his hands. But if we can let him, then he will fight it. I'm believing God that somebody here that will give it all to him. In the mighty name of Jesus. He called Abraham. He said, I want you to get out of your house. Out of your kindred. Out of your nation. To a place that I will show you. Can you tell me the place? No, I'll show you. That's scary. Because you're thinking, what if? What if? What if? But Abraham said, well, I'll trust in you. However, I know you are a good God. You don't do wickedness. I can leave every of my kindred but Lot. It doesn't make any sense. He has no father. I'm the only father remaining. Why will I do such a thing? What will people say about me? They'll think I'm wicked. They won't even honor you, the almighty God, if I do this kind of wickedness. I can't leave Lot alone. Yes, I'll do everything you said I should do, but I'll have Lot with me. And God said, okay. That's your own understanding. That leaning in your own understanding. That's your own wisdom. 
Let me know when you are done. And God folded his hands. God didn't speak to Abraham. And he went through all kinds of calamities until the point he came back to his senses and said, Lot, we're going to separate. Say, Lot, choose wherever you want to go and just go. I'm ready to obey God 100%. Let's see what the Bible says. Open your Bible with me to the book of Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. I would like somebody to read verse 17, verse 14 to 17. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 to 17. Amen. See what the Bible says. After, before Lot was separated, nothing is happening. But the Bible says, after Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abraham, look as far as you can see in the direction, north and south, east and west. I'm giving them all to you. Before Lot was separated, God said, you're not getting anything from me. You go on with your own understanding. We know all the kind of things that Abraham did. He lied. He cheated. I mean, all kind of things. We lot. Until Lot left. God said, okay, now I'm ready for you. And God began to give direction of success. The Lord is going to give you direction. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. But what is that thing that is standing between you and God? Are you giving all unto him? Because he wants you to trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all. Your all with God means all. Not part. You could do 99. That's not still all. All means all. 100%. You trust in him with all your heart. Without leaning in your own understanding. And then he will respond. For Abraham until he said, Lord, go. Just like God as instructed him from beginning. I don't know what God has been telling you and you think it doesn't make sense. It doesn't just make sense. I can't do this. And you don't do it. And you wonder why you're struggling. Because he folded his hands. He said, until you're ready, I won't do anything. Why not? Why won't God do something? Because he has said that the spirit of God will no longer strive with men. That's what the Bible says. It said the spirit of God will no longer strive with men. As long as you want to do it, God is not going to struggle with you. He's going to leave you alone. Do it your own. When you feel you're ready, come back to God. Then he will take it over. 
But as long as we keep struggling, that I'm going to do it my own way, this is how I understand it to be, he's going to back out until we give it all to him. Then he will respond. But why won't you give it all? You've tried it all these years. He has never taken you that, that far. So why don't you just back off and say, Lord, enough is enough. Now I want you. And go with the Almighty God. We can flash back. How many times have we used our wisdom? How far did those wisdom took us? It seems it was doing well, but at the end of the day, what happened? Isn't it around the circle? Give it all. His word is yea and amen. I mean, why won't we trust him? He's the one that can do everything. There's nothing impossible for him to do. But he's just saying, give it all, and I will respond. That's all he's saying. In so many ways, we reason on our own. There was a time in the book of Genesis chapter 17, from verse 17 through 19. Genesis 17, 17 through 19. God appeared to Abraham. God said, look, as far as I'm concerned, my covenant is sure. My promise is sure. I'll do whatever I said I would do. But you need to make yourself straight. I promise to give you a son. I will give you a son. The Bible says, Abraham bowed his head and was laughing and saying in his heart, how will a man at 100 years old have a child? And my wife that is that old, how? God said, I will do what I said I will do. You amend your ways. So, do you see how human's understanding was you know, in place of in trusting the Almighty God. The same thing happened to Sarah. If you read the book of Genesis chapter 18 from verse 9, you will see the same thing. It was said, oh, where is Sarah, your wife? Oh, Sarah is going to have a child. Sarah laughed. So you don't know what you're talking about. Let me analyze my problems unto you so that you can understand it. This is my age. I'm 90-something years old. Number two, medically, nothing can happen anymore. I've reached menopause a long time ago. Beyond menopause, I've gotten to a point that I can't even, we don't even meet together anymore. We have no sexual desire, interest. Everything is gone the drain. So what are you talking about? But God said, I'm able to do what I said I would do. And he did it. But you got to get out of the way of God to let him move. It doesn't matter what the doctors have told you. He says it's final. It doesn't matter what the economy is dictating to you. He says it's still final. He's the one that can do all things. There's nothing impossible for him to do. But don't allow worldly reports, worldly knowledge. Don't let them be in your way. Don't. Don't let them be in your way. Thank God for knowledge is great. I'm not saying knowledge is bad. Thank God for education, technology. I love all those stuff. But don't ever let them stand in your way of trusting the Almighty God. With my knowledge, I know few things about psychiatric disorders, the genetic makeup, what happened. What could go wrong? The treatment. Those that has no treatment and everything. I know all the things you can talk about as far as the theory is concerned. 
but that's not my God. The last time we, I went on a cruise with my wife, and on the ship, in the, during the dining, we were sitting with some couples, like about three families, and they were all discussing. One of them said, well, I have a child with, you know, autism. The other one says, I have a, you know, a child with, you know, compulsive disorders. And they were all talking about all kind of things that they have. And these are diagnoses made by doctors. Based on the signs and symptoms they told me, the diagnoses were correct. With what I know, no cure. Are you with me? So they asked for my opinion. I told them what I know theoretically. But I tell them, I said, listen, don't close your heart on God. I said, the God we serve is the one that can do all things. I said, yes, you have the medical diagnosis. But God's sake is still the final. I said, trust in me and you will respond. I will not allow the knowledge of human knowledge. I will not allow that to be in my way of trusting the almighty God. Human knowledge might say there is no cure, but that's not what my God is saying. No, that's not what my God is saying. Economy might tell you that, look, with what we, we know of you, you can't succeed. But that's human. Not what my God is saying. I have a friend in London. He was one of the people that I visited recently when I went to London. This is a man that has been involved in all kind of atrocity that you can think of. All kinds. Drugs, using and selling, fake documents, visa, name it. Anything, any atrocity you can talk about. I'm not talking about someone involved in atrocity that wasn't caught. I'm talking about somebody that has gone into prison more than five different times. I'm talking about somebody that at one point or the other has been deported and even came back again and still continue the same thing. I'm talking about somebody that every time they arrested him, he wasn't even afraid. In prison, he still continued drug. Both using and selling in the prison. You and I know we're not talking about third world country. We're talking about civilized country in the United Kingdom. You and I know that no matter what, this kind of a persons, the record is there. You and I know that with what we know, there is no future for this kind of a person. You and I know there is no way that kind of a person is getting a job. You know how, you know, we could go on and on with our own understanding. In fact, the last time this person was arrested, everyone knows that he's finished. In fact, his lawyers, because this is a man, based on all the things he was doing, he, he, he gets over 3,000 pounds on a daily basis. He could get the best lawyer ever, and he does. But the last time he was arrested, even the lawyer said, you know, don't even bother wasting your money. Because at this level, nothing is going to happen. You're gone. Hope seems gone. While in the prison, a man came to him. And he was still smoking all those stuff that he smokes in the prison right there. And this man came. And the prison, the type of 
cell that they put him is not the regular one that other people. They don't mix him with anybody. Nobody, because they, they consider him as dangerous. Those are, you know, the kind of, that kind of a person. So they don't, nobody share prison with him. And people don't just go there. But this man walking, and it was shocking to him because that has never happened. And he was looking and, you know, not saying things. And the man said, you know, I've come to introduce Jesus to you. And he said, yeah, right, Jesus, son of God, yes, I know him, the Savior. You know, and he was just going on and on. Are you done? Can you get out? You know? So but this man said, no, I'm not going out. And he's asking, do you know the implication of what you are doing? Because what happens is that when you go to people like this, they can kill you right there. So they advise you not to do it. Do you know the implication? Say, yes, I know, but God has sent me here. For some reason, he, he was arrested in the prison by God. That he couldn't harm this person, that's one. Secondly, he couldn't proceed. He, he felt stuck. And this man said something. He said, look, God is going to bring you out of this place. Because God knows that you trust in him. And he said, no, 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 no. no. My trust in God is different from what you think my trust is. My trust in God is that I decide what I'm doing, what I'm getting right here. I'm not getting out of this place because this, this is what I've done. He started saying all the things that he has done. And the man said, thank you for making your confession. God has heard you and is going to bring you out of this place. And the man ended by saying, please join us in our fellowship in the prison. But he said, he keep, kept on that thought that what that person said. First and foremost, he was challenged with the boldness. Secondly, with affirmation, like the word, the way he came. He was so troubled. After the man left, he wanted to reach into the, you know, the drug to continue, but he couldn't. So he just felt a restriction. He just couldn't continue. He was so troubled that that evening, he went and joined them in the fellowship. And when he got to the fellowship, he couldn't mix with them. You know, he was just staying at the back. They were encouraging him to come, but he just stayed. But before he knew it, he joined them, started clapping and dancing. And they called him for altar call. He gave his life to Christ. So every day in the prison, he would go to, you know, he would, he would go to the fellowship. He found, realized that he had no more craving for drugs. And while in the prison, he just continued. Then something happened. Somebody came. All these people, I don't know what their name is. The officials in there. And came in the, during the fellowship. And when they come like that, it's either you have a visitor or you have been released. He had nobody to look after him. Nobody, nobody want to identify with that kind of a person. So he knows that nobody is going to come. It wasn't that he doesn't have a family, but they never, they wouldn't show up. I mean, why would you want to show up to that kind of a person? So, but anyway, they come and say, you know, you are being released. And they were all dancing, singing, and everything. They were so, he, was, he was just crying. He, he just couldn't understand it. And then they gave him his paper, he signed, and he walked out of the prison looking at it. Is this, is this true, me? Then he looked, look at the, the paper. It wasn't his name. It was a different person's name. And he said, well, I better run. <laughs> this is what God has done. But he said he couldn't run. So he went back into the prison and told us, you must have made a mistake. I was wondering, it can't be me. This is somebody different. And he said, oh my God, we are so sorry. And then they look at everything. They say, this is somebody else. But then they say, but you're still going. You're leaving. 
And he brought another paper with his name. I said, is this your name yet? So sign this one and go. That's how he left the prison. The story didn't end there. He got a job. How? He got a job that is just like two hours a week. And he was working there. That was a miracle anyway, two hours a week. Well, it's nothing but it's something. And this, the supervisor said, listen, I know of a company, big company, that would look for somebody like you because you are trustworthy. And he was thinking that, yeah, you didn't check my record, but those people, there's no way that big company, I'm talking about a huge company. It's called Mark and Spencer in, in UK. It's a popular, big, huge store in UK. So, and this man just said, you know what, why don't we just go together? Say, oh, this is my friend, he's been working with me. You know, I think he will, he will, he will do well in this place. And he said, all right, you know. What's your name? Write his name, come and start tomorrow. No interview, no check, nothing. He's been working in that place for years. He's a supervisor. This is not just yes, I was there. It wasn't even people you would see on the floor selling. No, no, it's upstairs. I couldn't even get to that place. I had to call for before he can come and meet me. That's the position he takes in UK. He's most of the I didn't spend a dime, you know, being there. He spent everything. In fact, I told him I have a lot of suits. He's still in sisters, still giving some suits, you know, clothing and all that. So this is what God did in his life. He can do better. He can do much more. All he's asking is trust in him. There is nothing impossible for our God to do. But why do you want to wait to get to that end before you trust him is my question. Yes, he got to the point whereby every single help, every single hope is gone. Before, when he has no other place to turn to, then he turned to God. But why do you want to wait to that extent is my question. Why? Why do everything have to be upside down before you turn to him? Why not now? Why not now? He can do anything. He can do anything. He's the almighty. He's the lord of heaven. There's nothing that will happen physically here that has not been settled in heaven spiritually. If that is the case and we have a God who is the Lord of heaven, he can settle your matter right in heaven. And you will see the manifestation here. If he's the king of kings on earth, where you are, who is that person that can harass you? If only you would trust in him, he can do much more. He can do greater things. Rise up on your feet. I want you to talk to the almighty God. Tell him, I'm sorry for not trusting in you. I'm sorry for doing things in my own way, for using my wisdom, my understanding. I'm sorry for not acknowledging you in all my ways. I'm very sorry, Lord. Talk to the Almighty God. Ask Him to forgive you. Ask Him to forgive you. Tell Him you are ready. You want to start afresh with Him today. Talk to the Almighty God. Tell Him you want to start afresh with Him. That I'm ready to trust you with the whole of my heart. I will not use my wisdom. I will not use my understanding. But I will trust in you. I will obey you. I will take it step by step as you have ordered me. I will not go to the left if you ask me to go to the right. Talk to the Almighty God. Talk to the Lord. That widow woman, I have to trust in the Lord. He has one single meal for him and his son to die. 
no more hope. It takes trusting in the Lord to give that food to the man of God. And the Bible says he lived all through the time of famine. Isaac was in a city, in a country where there was terrible famine. He was going to go into Egypt. God said, no, stay in the land and sow. Isaac sowed in that same land as instructed by the Almighty God. He makes so much money that a whole nation envied him. The president of the country had to come and apologize. What can God not do to you? If you trust in him, he can do anything. All we need is trust in him. We can't rely on our wisdom. We've been doing it for a long time. But it doesn't work. It doesn't take us far. Talk to that Lord. Say, I'm sorry, oh Lord. I'm ready to trust in you with all my heart. I'm ready to obey you. Because he's the one that can do all things. Talk to the almighty God. Talk to him. That I will obey you. I will trust in you. Talk to the almighty God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' mighty name have we prayed. Amen. I want the choir to sing that song. And after that song, we'll turn it into prayer. After that song, I want you to go into prayer and say, Lord, because we are the Lord in heaven, begin to affect my situation here on earth from heaven. Because you are the king of kings here on earth, Lord. Every situation of my life begins to make them to turn to my favor. And because you are the mighty warrior in battle, name all your battles. Everything, every challenge, every struggle. It could be marital challenges. It could be academic. It could be financial. It could do all. Any kind of battle. Anything you're struggling in is a battle. Ask him to step in. That you are ready to answer, to surrender all unto him. But ask him to take over. Quiet, please.
Almighty God, present your battles unto him, present your future unto him, present your career unto him, present your marriage, present your academic, every single thing that surrounds you, present it unto him. Ask him to step in. Ask him to take it over. Talk to the Almighty God. He's willing to do it. All he needs is for you to just surrender all unto him. Talk to the Almighty God. Cry unto him. mighty name as we pray. Amen. One more prayer point. But before we raise that last prayer point, I want to give some people a privilege. Because the God we serve is a holy God. He's so holy that the Bible says his eyes cannot behold iniquity. But he's willing to, to receive you. I want all eyes to be closed. If you are here, if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, yes, you go to church, you might even be a worker in the church, you may be a pastor, it doesn't even matter. But if you have not had an encounter with him, if you have not had a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to signify by a race of fans so that I can pray with you. I don't want the last prayer that we're going to pray not to be answered just because you have not given your life to Jesus Christ. Or if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, but you know that you have backslidden and you want to rededicate yourself back to the Almighty God. Let me see your hand. Thank God for that hand. So let me see your hand. If you are here, either you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, you have not had that personal encounter with him, or you backslidden and you want to rededicate yourself back unto him. I want to pray with you one more time. Just raise up your hand so that I can see it, then I pray with you. Let us pray. Everlasting Father, I thank you for those hands. King of glory, in humility, they have raised that hand unto you. King of glory, every sin in their life I have that you forgive in the name of Jesus. Watch them by your blood. Accept them as your child. Amen. King of glory, establish a new relationship with them. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Your word said, there is great joy in heaven over one soul that is turned unto you. Because this one has caused great joy in heaven, let there be great joy in their life, Amen. in their home, Amen. in their career, Amen. in all that they do in the name of Jesus. Almighty Father, this one will not go back to their vomit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jehovah God. You, Blessed be thy holy name. Amen. For in Jesus' mighty name have we prayed. Amen. The last prayer point. The Bible says, The Egyptians that you have seen today, you shall see them no more. Amen. He said, I will fight for you while you hold your peace. I want you to turn that to prayer and say, God, 
every Egyptian of my life. From today, I will not see them anymore. Say, Lord, fight for me while I hold my peace. Talk to the Almighty God. Every Egyptian that I have seen up until today, I will see them no more forever. In the name of Jesus. Every Egyptian that I am seeing in my life, in my marriage, in my home, in my work, in my academics, in my finances, cry to the Almighty God that I will see them no more forever. That the Lord will fight for me and I will hold my peace. Talk to the Almighty God. He has done it before, He can do it again. Anyone that threatens you, they are Egyptian. Any taskmaster in your life, they are, they are Egyptian. Talk to the Almighty God. Every Egyptian of my life, I will see them no more forever. That the Lord will fight for me. And I will hold my peace. Talk to the Almighty God.